Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And hello friends to our headline news edition of our 19th series of sedition on April 4th, 2021. We have three super interesting stories and even better takes, so let us get into it. Woo! <laughs> so our first story is that Biden repeals sanctions on a human rights prosecutor, which reverses Trump's decision. On Friday, April 2nd, President Biden revoked former President Trump's executive order that imposed sanctions on top officials of the International Criminal Court, or ICC, an order that had created tensions between the United States and Europe. Last year, the Trump administration imposed sanctions on Chief Prosecutor Fato Bensouda and a senior official, Fakiso Muchachokul, after the court opened an investigation into possible war crimes the United States had committed against Afghanistan. Even though the U.S. is not a part of the ICC, Afghanistan is, which legitimizes the investigation. Back in September 2020, Mike Pompeo, Trump's Secretary of State, announced sanctions were imposed against Ms. Bensuda and Mr. Motochoko. Pompeo said that the ICC was a, quote, thoroughly corrupted and broken, end quote, institution that held no jurisdiction against Americans. There was no evidence provided to back up this claim. Numerous governments, scholars, and human rights groups criticized this. In February 2021, after Trump was out of office, over 80 non-governmental organizations, activists, and human rights experts signed a letter to Biden saying that there was an, quote, immediate need, end quote, to reverse the sanctions imposed by the ICC officials since the sanctions froze any assets Ms. Bensuda and Mr. Mochochoko might have in the U.S. Although the sanctions have been lifted, tensions still remain. The U.S. and the ICC don't exactly see eye to eye. Biden's administration, like Trump's beforehand, disagrees with the court's inquiry into Israel's potential war crimes against Palestine. Even though Israel is not a part of ICC, Palestine is. And U.S. is really close with Israel. That is also true. They kind of see like a little theme when it comes to what they believe in, right? Because Israel was not a part of the ICC, but Palestine is, which once again legitimizes um, the ICC's investigation into the war crimes and the same things basically happening with the U.S., right? Yeah. They're investigating U.S. war crimes in Afghanistan, even though U.S. isn't a part of the ICC. I think Biden doing this doesn't hurt him, but it actually helps him in a way because it focus it how do I say it? this blame is less on Biden since he is the president of America and of course if say the um, trial does happen and U.S. is somehow found guilty right Mm-hmm. And obviously, in the case that within the four years it happens, Biden is the president of America, and so thus would be blamed for, not not blamed, but it definitely hurts his reputation, right? Because he is supposedly the representation of America. Mm-hmm. So him doing this is kind of like a cushion, you know? He's like, oh, like, look at, like, I, um, even though, obviously... Biden was not president when the Afghanistan stuff happened. Although there are still troops in Afghanistan, Biden will receive the brunt of it rather than the previous presidents. And so, like I said, this is a cushion. So in case he 
America is found guilty, right? He'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. like, look, I wasn't really, like, it's, I'm not that bad it of a guy, right? It wasn't my fault, right? Like, right? Yeah, it's not really my yeah. fault. Like, I even lifted the sanctions that Ms. Pensuda and Mr. Mocho Choco had uh, imposed on them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so he oh, look, exactly yeah. Look like, the, yeah. like, look, I followed all the things these NGOs, um, these activists and human rights experts said. I did everything you asked me to. I did everything I could right now, and I mean everything else is technically out of his control. I mm-hmm. mean he can't, yeah, he can't exactly do much about it anymore. Well, so I mean there is that he could, but it seems like it. You know what I mean? It's like it seems like he's doing yes to the public the best eye. I think yeah, yeah. To so a lot of this is for what the general public perceives of him because the general public most likely like doesn't not know about what really happened in Afghanistan um and the history and complex conflict that occurred and U.S.'s presence there so you know it's just his for Biden's favorability of the people mm-hmm makes him seem also, better yeah and yeah I always like the fact that um, whenever countries or any person, I guess, has uh, has an investigation opened after them or prosecutor or whatnot, they're always like, there is no evidence provided to back up this claim. I was like, first of all, it wouldn't have happened if there was no evidence. Like, there clearly is evidence. I understand you kind of have to say that, right? Yeah. But it's just like plain, like, ah, oh, like, we know there is evidence. Maybe not enough to... Um, completely accuse United States, but there is evidence nevertheless. If if there wasn't, the court would not have opened an investigation. It would not have been exactly. worth their time. They have to have had some sort of suspicion about you and the United States in order for them to start investigating in war crimes. Yes, and it could be like, possibly there are some ulterior motives that against the United States because but at the same time it's pretty clear um to the majority of the world that the United States has is not like a supreme peacemaker in Absolutely Afghanistan <laughs> or northern middle east regions like in... like we already have bad history so that reputation already precedes this investigation inquiry so i don't know why he's saying there's no evidence to back it up it's well in general i just don't know why people say that i think they should at least say the evidence that they have is like insufficient insufficient or not uh like like there's something wrong with it instead of saying there's no evidence right and also like jumping the gun and just completely blaming the icc after they start investigating you thoroughly corrupted and broken institution that's yeah, well, a little that's just... childish well <laughs> i mean it's supposed to be strong yeah but uh... and it's like i think you mentioned in the beginning like this theme of how israel and us are not part of the icc but afghanistan and palestine is and they are generally i think in the majority of how history has been written, the ones that have been hurt the most. Mm-hmm. At least the country or the the region, right? 
All right. So it's like we don't even want to be a part of it because we knew if we were, we would get slammed at every moment. Oh, yeah, for real. We are the ones inflicting the pain. Yeah. Wait, where is um, um, Bensuda and Mochochoko from? And also another question is, like, why would they have assets in the U.S.? Like, are do they even hold any assets? Yeah, so, I mean, the sanctions in general, I for most of these officials, uh, part of these international organizations, I think, don't have property in the United States, or at least assets in the United States, especially if they come from different countries. Yeah, but they're saying, like, if they have it, then that's... No, yeah okay. and like, so it's just against their rights or something like that yeah so the i think the point being of course of these type of sanctions other i mean there's definitely sanctions on countries and like really rich people mm-hmm. um but i think these are more just to signal like some sort of antagonizing attitude and for biden to lift it is to you know signal dissipate saying, the antagonized yeah or signal expectation that biden is um as a representative of the united states is abiding to international law or what that Mm -hmm. may be yeah well on to our next story and it deals with coca-cola wanting congress to act Uh, after Georgia passes a new voting law. So James Quincy, the CEO of Coca-Cola, says he wants to be crystal clear and state... Oh, sorry, this is a quote, guys. Crystal clear and state unambiguously that we are disappointed, end quote, in Georgia's new legislation. Uh, This legislation was called the Election Integrity Act of 2021, and it makes a number of changes to the way the elections will be run in Georgia in the future. So one of those things is absentee ballots. Now the earliest, um, so they cut in half the time that voters can cast absentee ballots from, uh, it used to be 180 days before the election to now 77 days. Um, Another thing is that counties will be mailing out ballots three weeks later than before, changing the start of mailing to be just four weeks before the election. And the law also tightens ID rules. So those who are requesting or returning ballots will need to present their driver's license number, state ID number, or an illegible copy of their voter ID. And it is also illegal for election officials to mail absentee ballot applications to all voters. Another big change is that although early voting has been uh, expanded in some of the smaller counties of Georgia, the ones that are more uh, that are more populous and large will not notice any changes. Essentially, the Republicans that passed the law says that this new uh, they created it to deal with voter fraud and stop illegal voting. Of course, this is based on the baseless claims of election fraud that erupted during last year's election. If we can all take a moment and remember. Other businesses such as Wells Fargo and Delta Airlines have also come out in solidarity with uh, Coca-Cola to denounce the new legislation as well. 
And all this backlash prompted Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who is a Republican, to accuse the Delta Airlines CEO, Ed Bastian, of spreading misinformation and not recognizing the upsides of the bill, which included tightening voter security. Wow. So on the back end, I think obviously voter security is very important, but after last election's fiasco, it has literally been proven again and again that there is really no voter fraud. And if there is, right, Mm -hmm. it's so statistically insignificant. Like, so small. Like, it will not affect... mm -hmm. It will not affect the outcome of the election. And yet, they are still tied to this belief that there is voter fraud, and they're even passing legislation that is backed by these, once again, baseless claims uh yeah and so obviously a lot of what happened in the past election showed that there is a um increase or a trend towards uh democratic candidates with the senators right and no surprisingly a lot of these larger populous counties have a pretty significant black population and what we learned in Gov is that the population mainly votes for Democrats, right? And right. this governor is def- is Republican, Brian Kemp. Mm-hmm. And I, he's, you know, I don't think I need to go into any more, <laughs> like bipartisan issues and stuff like that. Huh? But they're making this so much harder for other people to be able to vote. Uh-huh. They're tightening ID rules, right? Yeah. Many people probably don't know their driver's license number, their state ID number. Yeah, I mean... And I'm not sure if they have, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, but it's just much harder for you to provide proof that, oh, like, I'm the person that's voting, right? Plus, getting a license, I think I heard on, like, on the radio or something, that costs money. Some people can't afford that. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like that's their goal. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly their goal. Um... And I'm, like, obviously noticing the upside that early voting has been expanded in smaller counties, but that is, I feel like that's just uh, one thing that I put in there to bounce. Kind of lighten it up, right? Uh, kind of balance. Yeah, to say, like, oh, the bad look, from the good. yeah, like, there's good things in here, <laughs> look at this good thing you we know, did. but for them, like, cha- expanding early voting, I'm assuming you know, from if that's the goal of limiting uh, people from voting, especially those who are mainly, uh, uh, who, especially communities that vote more democratic or progressive, you could say, that would Mm -hmm. probably, changing early voting in these smaller counties are less likely to affect it because possibly uh, they are not, in those communities that vote heavily democratic or it's just not significant enough for the whole uh the general voting process to vote the other way for brian kemp Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so either way expanding early and smaller voting countings may hurt them but not enough to um balance out the downside of this bill Mm -hmm. 
I just thought it was funny how... Because yeah. considering that... Our... Oh, yeah. Oh, that um, Kemp was telling Bastion, the Delta Airlines CEO, that he was spreading misinformation and not recognizing the good side of the bill. Mm. Obviously, the bad stuff outweigh the good, which is why we are criticizing this new Georgia legislation. Yeah. And considering the fact that the like a good amount of the voting population don't even vote for the sake of the fact uh, and one of the and f- for the sake uh, and the fact that the a good amount of the voting population does not even vote and a main reason that we learn and which is true is that it's inconvenient right especially those who have to vote on right. uh like on Tuesday who may not get the ballots on time because it's mailed, right? And so now you're trying right, to restrict more people from voting when there's not even enough people voting. I think it's, well, I mean, if that's the goal, <laughs> it really gets it. Kind of stupid, but yeah. So our third story is just basically a Myanmar update. So, rights organization Save the Children says that at least 43 children have been killed since the coup started in February. The youngest victim is actually just six years old. The local monitoring group says that the total death toll is at 536 as of April 1st, 2021. Also, Aung Suu Kyi has been charged by the military with violating Myanmar's Official Secrets Act, and this is a crime punishable to 14 years in prison. Suki already has pre-existing charges from the military, which are possessing illegal walkie-talkies, violating COVID-19 restrictions during last year's campaign, and publishing information that may, quote, cause fear or alarm, end quote. And the deadliest conflict was last Saturday, March 27th, with more than 100 people killed in one day. Man, that's absolutely tragic. I... That's horrifying. And they're charging Suki with, what, a crime punishable up to 14 years in prison. So basically, if she is found guilty, then uh, she's not even there to run her country. And the military can just do whatever they please for, what, like 14 years or however long her sentence will be if she's guilty. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you, the military can charge someone who's not part of the military is already very concerning but honestly yeah. six years old man i mean like what do these people think like the people in the military like are people okay with that like i don't think there's a reason for you to be killing 43 children yeah but honestly it's like whenever i hear these stories i tend to forget the fact that the united states does this too you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like not broadcasted enough. Plus, we get so many stories, like, every day that it's just constantly buried under, right? Yeah, of course. And, and who, what, like, begin to of forget. course, like, who wants, especially in the U.S., like, there's still ways that, you know, the government can influence news. Like, who want? like, mm-hmm. does the government government want news out there that they killed a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of people no nope but i like when i hear this it's so crazy to me because you know that 
it reminds me of that song. Like, how do people sleep at night knowing that they do this stuff? Oh, that song from... Oh, yeah. How do you go to bed and be like... And how do you have a... Like, how do you... You know, it's like if you have a family, right? Or you have a kid. Does that not, like, weigh over your conscience? or? Yeah, which is, like... Once I think about all these politics and whatnot, like, I think these people have, like, turned psychopathic. You know, because a psychopath, or at least you have tendencies, right? You or not, I'm obviously not an entire psychopath, but, I mean, these people just don't care. And I feel like it's a human thing, right? They're not the ones, especially these politicians, and say the guy in charge of the military is not personally murdering these people. Yeah, they're right? in the back. Because it is murder. I don't <laughs> like it's murder. They know it's happening, but they're not the ones inflicting it. Yeah, which, you know, from a psychological standpoint right they're like oh because it's indirect and it's so far away it's like it's not really my fault because you're not directly doing it right it's like the troops out there that are murdering these people however it's the people in charge that are allowing this to happen and are ordering people to do this so guess what it's really your fault I mean, it's just, like, a moral, like, how, how, I guess being a, that's why being a politician is so jarring and how people turn out the way they do once they get into politics is because how do you grapple with the fact that somebody's life is in your hands? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what doctors deal with, right? right. But, you know. They're not. You, it's not like these people are trying their best not to kill anyone. Right. The same way a doctor would tries their best to save a patient. I don't know. Mm. But hearing these stories and reading stories of the past as well, it's just really crazy to me how humans can be so evil. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a quote that I read the other day that humans are the only one that are evil, right? Because when an animal kills they kill on instinct there's no good or bad they just want to survive right but we have the capacity to think about what's good or what's bad right and most i mean animals don't you don't have that most i mean most animals don't mm-hmm. right like what we view as bad things like do you blame a sh- really blame a shark when they bite off someone's leg no no what are you gonna do? Like, Bad it's shark. not like Don't they intended. Will they listen? No. Nope. Yeah. And it's not like they can. Like it's within their mind to know that that's bad or something. It's because they're just looking for food. But while yeah, I think I repeated it's myself. Okay. But <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. Well, those are all the stories we have for you today, and I unfortunately these stories are not the most positive but you know life's not always positive Mm -hmm. but we must be optimistic about it hopefully (laughs) so 
For our Sunday snippet into the past, we will show you that despite of all, despite all the horrors of the past, there are some good things as well. So on April fourth in nineteen seventy one, Stephen Sondheim's Follies opens at Winter Garden Theater in New York City for five hundred twenty four performances, then the most expensive Broadway musical. Sondheim's lyricism is also responsible for major Broadway shows such as West Side Story and Sweeney Todd. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good Sunday.